Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief little bit of business and an introduction before today's very special show. Guys, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. It's the best way to help us grow the show. It's the best way to make sure that we're giving you the show that you want and deserve. For as little as a dollar a month, you can join our community. Just dive into the the just bathwater perfect, silky waters of our community over there. You'll get a chance to meet a lot of our community, vote, vote on the bonus episodes, a lot of fun stuff like that. And guys, as you go up the tiers uh, of our very official Highlander ranking system, you actually get to select the specific movies you want us to discuss in a Patreon-exclusive library. So, again, we appreciate so much those of you who are already helping us. And for those of you who are about to, we appreciate you as well. That's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Every dollar helps, guys. We do appreciate it. Thank you. Make sure you go to YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist. You can see video versions of most of our talks there, as well as other fun stuff we've been rolling out. It's a real good time, again. And also, I mean... Your eyes thank you in advance. So good. Uh, That is Film Alchemist on YouTube. The email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social media you're on. And please be sure to leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. A five star and a couple sentences about why you like us so much helps us defeat the algorithmic overlord. So guys, thank you in advance for all of your help growing the show. It's never more apparent to us than this. Every October, we do our October Mega Marathon, The Descent into the Horror Abyss. 31 days, 31 pods. One of the best things about this, it's an enormous amount of work, guys. I know you hear us getting groggy. <laughs> We're wearing thin. We've been working on this for a long time. But what keeps us going, the thing besides just loving horror movies, is that we get to talk to a lot of our awesome friends and make new friends along the way that love horror movies and movies as much as we do. Today, we're talking to the amazing Rosa Parra, who you've heard on this show before. And so if you have uh, heard that episode, Children of Men, you know how great she is and that you are in store for an absolute treat. Rosa is a, a critic. She ha- I have all of her information in the show notes and details, so you can make sure to go find her Rosa's reviews. She is a fantastic film writer. I love the way she looks at film. She's very insightful and interested in film. She has her own podcast, uh, Latinx Lens. You guys should make sure to go over there. Do all the good stuff for them that you guys do to help us. Because Rosa really is just a very warm and charming person. It's very easy to find yourself in the uh, the warm embrace of Rosa's intellect, right? She She just views movies in this way that makes me think deeper about them. Think about why they matter so much to us. Movies have this amazing power we talk about this the alchemy of movies to hit you on such a very deep and soulful level and i love people that have their hearts and minds open to allow movies to do that and rosa i mean she's just funny she's nice all the good adjectives man we love our time with rosa and we know how busy she is and we it means the world to us that she stops in and talks to us and today rosa picked one of my favorite modern horror movies tigers are not afraid as you guys will hear during the show We get really emotional talking about this one. This was uh, written and directed by Issa Lopez, and it is an absolute sledgehammer to the emotions and the guts of anyone with a heart who's watching it. It's a beautifully crafted, dark, haunting fairy tale of a film. 
I'm so glad that we had Rosa along to help guide us through it. Um, it's a really, this is one of our favorite episodes we've done all month. Again, you'll hear some crying. It really hit us deep, um, as most great movies do. And again, thank you to Rosa, the amazing Rosa Para, for joining us. So, guys, enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back for today's amazing uh, horror movie episode. Our guest and returning friend, Rosa Para. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you we, so much for inviting me back. No, we, we love our chats with you. Uh, we're very excited. You actually picked one of my favorite selections of the entire month. Yeah, mine too, um, actually. So before we get to the movie, would you like to take a second and let everyone know, uh, give yourself a brief introduction, where they can find you and what you're working on? Yes. Um, so just like you said, I'm Rosa Parra. I am co-host and co-founder of the Latin Excellence podcast, uh, which is dedicated to highlighting Latino representation and contribution in film and television. And yeah, I mean, I'm all over social media, particularly on Twitter at Rosa's Reviews. And yeah, you can also find our podcast, uh, Latinx Lens, on every podcast platform. We're also on social media at Latinx Lens. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, I'll make sure all that's in the show notes and details too. do yourself a favor and find Rosa stuff. You can thank me later. It's, it's, um, yes. Thank us later. Okay. So today, Rosa, you brought an absolute just, <laughs> I mean, it's a modern gym. Honestly, I think this yeah. is going to go down as one of the best horror movies of the two thousands. Um, it's, it's one of those horror movies. I love. It's just this absolutely beautiful infusion of kind of the real world horrors that places can uh, experience and this yeah. kind of fairy tale laying over right that helps illustrate and maybe gives you just enough cover that you can actually sit and confront these real world horrifying events uh would you like to introduce the movie you chose today and why you uh wanted to talk about it yes so my whole purpose in life is to make both of you cry um you are doing so a great job <laughs> job so far rosa <laughs> I woke up today and I chose violence. Um, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I selected, uh, yeah, the movie I selected is uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid from 2017, uh, directed by Isa Lopez. And pretty much it's a dark fairy tale uh, about a gang of five children trying to survive the horrific violence of the cartels and the ghosts created by every day by the drug war. I got that from IMDb. I'm not that good. Oh, man. Um, I was like, are you just riffing that off the no. top of your head? Damn. <laughs> are we really that unprofessional where we can't even summarize movies no. properly? Like, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm not that good, guys. Come on. Yes, you are. I love to take Yes, you credit. are. <laughs> and, um, frankly, I selected a movie because apparently I have something with a uh, movie about children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my previous yeah. <laughs> uh, time here with you guys, uh, we talked about children of men and now we're talking about uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, which is quite frankly, a movie that I remember watching a few, I think it was sometime last year. And it was one of those films that just stuck with me. Um, my husband doesn't necessarily watch a lot of movies, but he was able to watch this one because, of course, it's in Spanish. So he was able to um, understand most of it. And very, 
a few days after uh he, he we were having breakfast and he tells me hey i can't stop thinking about those kids about the movie we were watching right, the other yeah. day and i was like you know what me neither <laughs> it lingers with you uh from days and days and after watching it again i just rewatched it earlier today and man so impactful so emotionally riveting and yeah. so powerful <laughs> powerful on so many levels that uh, i i just wanted to to, to talk about it because it's just if you want to talk about a horror film i i don't know what else can be horror than yeah. these group of children trying to survive in an environment like this one yeah, it was funny because I remember when this came out, too. This was one of those kind of big buzzed about movies from the festival circuit. And then when it hit Shudder, um, I got to watch it. And I remember hearing a lot of people like, it's not really like that scary, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know if it's because I'm a dad or what. But I was like, this is just about the scariest movie I've seen in a long time. And I think what like just the simple thought, right? I think it's one of those things that, you know, most of us in our lives are lucky enough that this kind of stuff isn't on our our block right this is on the tv and we 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 always have this area of comfort where we feel like that's not our world right it's not real to us in a way which the movie does an excellent job of kind of blending in the telling of fairy tales and how we mythologize things right to give ourselves separation from hard truths and today i was watching and i was just like imagine my oldest son is six right he just started first grade mm. i was like imagine if my son just came home someday and is like oh mom and dad are dead yeah. And I just have to survive in this world. And it just gave me chills imagining my own son just having to go out. And you see these kids constantly confronted with there's this, you know, to pull on them between doing and acting like they're adults. Right. And then these little moments of just they revert to children and they're just full of joy and play. And it's it's just such a startling movie to watch those you know, innocent, beautiful little kids existing in this harshest of realities. Alex, was this your first time viewing it? What'd you make of this movie? Um, you know, what I could see of it between the tears in my eyes. Uh, was, <laughs> Dude, goes the hardest. Honestly, being, yeah, honestly, being a dad, this was like, this is one's going to, I immediately was like in the middle of the movie. I was like, uh, my wife walked in while I was watching and I'm like, you need to leave that room right now. She's like, why? It's okay that you're crying. I'm like, it's not because of that. It's like, you will not be able to unsee this movie and you can't watch it right now. Like, <laughs> it's not a thing. Like, maybe when you're, maybe when he's older and like, we can like kind of process it together a little better. But like, the movie is so, it, it's very rare, especially, especially in the horror genre. Like, all of these genre elements for me personally were like the respite from the real terror that was going on in this movie. Like I was like, Oh, thank God. Some magical realism to like soften the blow of this like truly horrific <laughs> oh, stuff. Thank that's God a dead body kids. in a bag. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like Literally. there's like, I mean, I'm like, thank God a ghost. Like, literally I mean, really anything. though, that's how it is. Yeah. I mean, but it was just, it's such an impactful film and yeah. Like, I mean, again, it's it, everything about the modern day horrors. It's just something that, I mean, I can tell you, like, Griffey, I'm sure I can speak for you. Like, we're both just removed from. So, like, there's just something that I don't see a lot of the time unless I'm watching the news a lot. Mm -hmm. And to take that and turn this into essentially kind of a fairy tale almost in, like, the worst way possible. Not saying it's a fairy tale like Disney would be, make a fairy tale. But it is, like, you know, it functions the same way stories might in that, in that, of that ilk. Mm -hmm. It's 
not just inspiring, but it's also um, it's heartbreaking at the same time. It's it's such an incredible movie. And yeah, yeah, I can't imagine the critique being there's a screw loose. If your critique is this isn't scary enough, like you are not watching the same movie. You're not understanding what this movie's trying to say a lot of the time. Like it's 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 just impact after impact yeah. in this film. It's well, incredible. I, I think a lot of people watch horror movies and they're there for the ghost and the monsters and this and that. And I think me and Alex have always talked about on this show that we always think the scariest monsters are real people that are doing horrible things to other humans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this movie, they, there's even a great moment when um, Shine, right, our main little kid, he calls two of his friends Disney princesses, right? He even kind of mocks like, hey, this isn't a Disney story, right? Yeah. Um, this is a real fable, which were these dark and horrible stories to try to teach kids lessons back in the day. Um, Rosa, what did you make of the lair of fable and kind of the mystical elements on top of this movie right i i think it gave it an additional um layer of of course complexity but i i love that uh isa lope was was able to play with that uh because yes it, it does start like a fairy tale story like once upon a time and then the princesses and the prince and you have three wishes and however whenever she does make a wish it does not turn out like she wants to and all these horrific events happen i loved it i i personally love that aspect of it <laughs> not, not not the events that happen in the film no no right um but yeah. i I appreciated it. it. It's a lot. It's been well known that she very much was inspired by Guillermo del Toro. And if you can see the Pan's Labyrinth kind of yeah. vibe into this, it's definitely there. However, he, this one is more contemporary current events, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I really did like it. Uh, I just feel that... It, it makes it more impactful because you do know these events, they do happen, unfortunately. Um, yeah. you, I do, I don't watch the news anymore, but when I used to, um, I, I would see a lot of this going on. And I remember, I clearly vividly remember when there was a video circulating and the movie started with a similar uh, scenario of a teacher uh, who was uh, when there, there's a shooting by a shooting bike going on and then the kids have to throw themselves on the ground and then the teacher is recording this but she is on the floor with her kids but she's singing to them and she's asking them to sing oh. to get them out to get their their mindset out of what's going on and oh my god i remember seeing that video and i was just heartbroken i was like wow i mean yes it affects the kids but as an adult how do you handle yourself in a situation like yeah. this and for you to say and the first thing to come is okay let's sing a song and let's try to isolate ourselves about with uh, from what's going on outside or just outside the, the window pretty much it's yeah. just so heartbreaking and so and sadly so realistic that it's just uh just talking about it i'm already gonna start crying but i can't imagine being in that situation i mean that that opening bit too right so i like the idea of it's the movie starts right and it's you know name some fairy tale elements right and a lot of that are things we see later and just the fact that these are kids writing fairy tales, right, about a prince, you know, who forgot he was a tiger, right? It's really beautiful little opening. Mm-hmm. And that is interrupted by bullets ripping through the classroom, right? And I think for a lot of us American audience, right, this will, a lot of this movie will feel very strange and different. I think this one, that moment especially, 
is sadly something that we see on the news yeah. all the time here, right? And that moment is really hard and impactful because you just see these little kids in their uniform and they're writing about princesses and fairies and hitting the ground. And when she just crawls up and gives her the three wishes, it's just the sweetest thing, right? Well, it, and that's what this movie does, right? Is that there's just these these beautiful human moments, right? Where people are desperately trying to connect and find a good thing amongst this just misery that is surrounding them, right? This kind of perseverance of soul that keeps happening. And what you're struck by, though, is so that happens, and then they shut the school down. And on the way home, uh, Estella sees a dead body on the road. And you're just like, they, these kids are just surrounded by horror. I mean, things that would crush most adults, right? Mm-hmm. And they're the, the things that are in place in our society to protect kids, right? Schools and parents and police and all this. What happens when even that goes? And these grownups are playing out these horrifying, you know, games of revenge and power and the kids are just left. She mentions that at the start, right? In the opening scroll that we have no statistics on how many kids were negatively harmed by this. Yeah. Right. And so I think that, that that extra magical realism, right? I think that's what most stories and movies and fables are meant to do or help us process these darkest, most horrible things. Like, how can humans do this to one another? And that little bit gives us just enough courage to maintain in a world and a story that is so brutal and scary that you just want to turn it off and pretend it's not in your world, right? So what what about this was um, getting to you, Alex? I mean besides just the isolation of these kids, like these kids having to band together. I mean, like she ain't telling that story. Like that was like, I, I, I think that happens. I remember cause I paused it again. I paused, I had to pause this movie like three times to just like yeah. get over the emotional process. Like process <laughs> yeah. was happening. Like I paused that moment there. Cause that was the first part. I was just like sobbing. Which, which Sheena story got you the first one when he's telling, uh, Moro, like the the story to go to sleep. Like he asked oh, for the story yeah. about the tiger. Oh, uh, the tiger. Yeah. Like so, the first story about the tiger, I had to pause it afterwards, and like I literally like went upstairs and like hugged my kid because my wife was getting ready, so he was upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Like, is... But it's like, but that's like the impact this movie has. Like, I mean, these kids strike me because yeah, they're like they're children playing adults. I think that's always the thing, and like, it's not even a matter of like, Oh, child actors, that kind of thing. Like these children Dude. have to be adults so fast. Like they're not at all. Like trying to survive, like stealing a gun and a phone from a guy, like he has a gun and it's like a weird, like plated gun too, which is another, yeah. like that guy's a killer. It's an ego know? gun. Yeah. It's yeah. an ego gun. And you know, that person is doing that's, that's what that person does. That's not like a protection gun. That is a gun to show someone before you kill them. So like to have have to have the wherewithal to steal these things, not just like because, you know, they're cool or because you want to hawk them like just to survive is. I mean, it's just it's just a mindset that you have to like in this movie, throw yourself into that is so it's just so heartbreaking. And then not only that, though, like the truly heartbreaking thing is how much these older kids try to keep the children who like Moro particularly try to keep them kids. Like, I think that's the thing that is really probably the most brutal part about the story is how these older kids like Sheena and the other, other three. And then Estrella later are, they're all essentially 
trying to keep the kids kids they're growing up fast so that they can keep these children they're trying to be parents themselves and it's just uh it's uh it's i don't know it was that is and then yeah and then you throw in some you throw in some magic and some uh yeah some general (laughs) some genre elements and you're just like but like that's the stuff that's left over it's not this it's not at all the genre elements we might find in other movies this month or in other movies of its ilk. I mean, even Pan's Labyrinth isn't like this. Like, and that yeah. obviously is my one, that's the one movie I would say is the most like this movie, but even Pan's Labyrinth can't do what this movie does. And that has a lot to do with the modern setting, but also just like the willingness the story has to show the truth. And I think that's what makes this movie the most, yeah. impactful brutal intense is that the truth is always the thing that shows up on camera well so. even imagine the first thing we see of sheen is him there's i mean this movie is so beautifully shot like it really is wonderful yeah, it's incredible shot, right? yeah but we see sheen he's like covered in shadows right so we see these two drunken men walking down an alley and they break off and he walks through these shadows almost as if he is this crouching predator and it's such a stark image of, wait, this is a tiny, small, slight boy mm-hmm. who is stalking this grown adult man. And it's such an unusual visual for us. You have to pause, right? And you see him get this gun in this phone. And you mentioned the child actors. I got to say, oh, I man. could not believe how fucking wow. good these act. I don't always love child performances. And this is a movie that can only work if all of the children are exceptionally good. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. unlike Pan's Labyrinth, this isn't a girl whose dad might be a criminal, but is rich and this and that. These kids are the whole fucking movie. This whole thing is on them and they are unbelievably good actors. I mean, Shine, the boy who plays Shine. I mean, that is that is I a performance the, for the um, ages. Yeah, the, I think he won the Ariel, the, the uh, Oscar yeah. the Oscars for the Mexican Film Academy that, that year. Yeah, Rosa, walk us through what what did you make of these these young, just tremendous actors and uh, the performances they were giving? I think you just hit it right. <laughs> you hit the note right in the head when you said this movie does not work, does not have that level of impact and that level of realism without these kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they carry the whole film and their acting is just superb, perhaps even better yeah. than some adults. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, a lot of adults. Than a lot of adults that oh I've God. seen as of late. <laughs> and wow, yes, it, it's incredible. I, I Which, if, if I take a step back, I cannot imagine what it's like for these actors. I mean, the, the children themselves, not, not, not the characters, but them themselves yeah. having to read a script like this and having to get involved in a movie with these types of, yeah. of events and scenarios uh, uh, that go, that's going on. And I'm just like, wow, I don't under, I don't know how Isa Lopez actually directed them, to be honest with you. I, I can't understand the wherewithal it would take as a child actor to read that script and like yes. sign on knowing full well that that's what the, like it's incredible to have that sort yeah. of emotional maturity maturity yeah. to even step on set is unbelievable. It, but yes. I think this gets back to what Issa Lopez did so brilliantly is she I'm sure when the, the kids were somewhat protected from some of the elements right and that they're playing it as if they are characters in this kind of fairy tale world, right? There was a scene that really struck me when they're talking about the, goddamn, I can't remember the name, the, the Huasca, right? The, the criminal, yeah. yeah, the element that's taking the children and women. 
and the kids are like they're satanists right they're eating us and blah yeah. so they're even mythologizing the bad guys who are in their town right it's bad enough that they're human traffickers and criminals and murderers but they're adding this extra layer right the whole movie being through the lens of how a child sees the world everything is magical and bigger right even when Estrella goes into um the house to kill the gangster right mm-hmm. i mean again it's one of these moments you just watch this little girl these kids arguing about who's gonna go in and hunt this gangster right and kill him yeah. and watching her walk in her little trembling arm and i've got a bit i want to do on the wishes in a minute so i'll save that but it, there are just these images that are unbelievable but if you put them in the context of a fairy tale right that these are the kids hunting a witch or the mm-hmm. big bad wolf or something like that it it feels very organic that way right because it's i mean the scenes of them just trying to do adult things i mean it's it's unbelievable and i think that she gave them that kind of magical world where kids have this kind of power and agency right this almost protection of their goodness well Mm -hmm. i guess that's not true we see by the end of the movie for most of them sadly (laughs) um but we feel it right we believe that they are going to be okay on this journey because you know that's how a lot of these stories end and sadly not necessarily um yeah i just i don't think there's any way to get around I mean, I the moments, Rosa, that were really leaping out at me, right, is I love the moments when the kids spontaneously remember their kids, right? And they they just have these these unadulterated moments of happiness amidst terror, right? Um, specifically, we see when Estella goes into the house and, you know, the gun goes off and everyone thinks they shot her, right? They're mythologizing her act. And then they just start dancing. Or they, the football game breaks out, right? Yep. Yeah. There are moments where we see them so desperate to be in their natural state of being a kid. Um, what about the dynamics of this group really were working for you in this movie? Everything. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, those moments are just so eye-opening to me you come to a realization that i think that's the difference between adults and children uh that children still find or manage to find that inner i don't know innocence or that that uh purpose to live Mm -hmm. where we just don't and 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 we just when we grow up we just completely lose our inner child well some of us not all of us um but but seeing those those scenes definitely were were very um moving and they did hit me i was like wow and 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 i've noticed lately you know you you went i mean my youngest one is eight years old um but just to see her just like randomly for for a small thing whether it's a video or a movie or or a a damn cat doing something stupid yet she fills herself with joy and she's so pleased and she's so just full of life that i'm like oh my god i wish i had that i so miss that Mm -hmm. and the fact that these kids have to survive in an environment like this yet they still find these small moments to dance like you said or or to play soccer or to draw on the walls or to just be creative and anyway i i that scene of the of the little boy trying to rap or trying to to sing or something i was like hey, with this oh. twinkle lights yeah yes, yes. Uh, i was like oh my god and it's well that was I was actually like one of the few moments of levity in this movie was when they're doing that. He's like, yeah. and 
he asked, what's your name? And was it El Rapporto? Was that what like, it was? And they're like, yeah. what do you do? Or something like that, yeah. I rap. <laughs> yeah. I rap. Yeah. But see, that's what I think that's such an important element you need in this movie, right? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. there's Definitely. so much tragedy. And as the ghosts become more numerous and omnipresent, right? Yeah. I think they're reminding us, the audience, that because that's the thing, man. Some of these movies, there are movies about tragedies like this, and they just never give you that. They just stick no. you in it and just you roast in it and you bake in it. And you just want I, I think it's important in movies like that, you know, and you have to illustrate how bad things are, obviously. But I think these little reminders of and I think it's the best that we all have kids. And, you know, you just go to the playground sometimes and you just watch them and you're just like, holy shit, man, I'm never that happy. Yeah. Ever. And it reminds you that you need to look for that on a day to day basis or there will be that time when they crawl on you and just smile and. Yeah. You know, it feels like a sci-fi movie, like a light is coming from them and taking over your brain in a good way. And it's I, I think that reminder of why we keep fighting. Right. Because um, Estella and in Shine have this talk about the, the fish that escaped their aquarium, which is just again, it's there's so many of these brilliant little, you know, there's really awesome devices. visual metaphors in this. movie. Yes. yes. Like it's incredible. Absolutely. And that one I thought was the best. Right. Because it hits on two levels. Right. It's one that there's just. These fish are just, they keep swimming, right? They landed on the floor now, fine. They keep going, right? That's very much how they are. But they're arguing over, right, are they free because they escaped, escaped their aquarium or are they just in another cage? And it's, right. you know, it's this very heavy conversation but in a way that kids can have it. But then they just go back to playing. And I, I think that level of showing us what's at stake when these tragedies happen, right? Because I don't think it's one of those... I know Jojo Rabbit took a little flack for this, right? That when you insert some kind of levity and, you know, moments that are lighthearted and it's such an intense kind of subject matter, sometimes people think you're taking light of it. I think the opposite with this, though. They're I reminding agree. us of why it's important to not overlook these tragedies, right? And just yeah. you don't want to let these kids fall th through the track, right. you know, cracks. What did you think of this this uh, segment, Alex? I agree. I mean, I think that that's actually, I think the bits of levity in movies like this, particularly this one, obviously for sure it's to re I mean, honestly, I actually think it's about regrounding their, your characters. Like you're starting to see things that are so vicious and heinous in this world, like things that are happening to these kids. And there's this level. And I can't believe that people would even think this, but there's, there's this level where people would get to, and they're like, that just seems like too many bad things in a row. That doesn't make sense. Cause like as view as film, as film watchers, as viewers, as makers, whatever you do, we're all expecting at least something good to happen. Like that's how movies work, right? That's how stories work. And that's not how the real world works though. Not all the time, at least. So like for kids, particularly these kids to find some form of escape not even escape like just some form of levity some form some bright spot in their life for all that fleeting moment is like to me that is what that's the real value of that's the real value of that kind of thing in the storytelling and that's what makes that so impactful is that instead of it being like oh see not everything bad happens it's not look at these kids carving out their own happiness like they have to otherwise they all would do what we do, which is, yeah, we don't process sadness correctly. And like, it's not bad to process sadness, but like that to me is the most important part about all of these kids. All these characters have their 
watching like when you see like i can tell you like when i saw kids smile in this movie i was like oh my god there is like this weird washing over of relief because they spend the entire time running or being scared or crying or like any other emotion besides happiness so when you do see those moments i mean i gotta be honest like it was guttural like it hit me in a way i did not expect and it's just it's that impactful well it's also I would argue with some people who would make that critique, right, is that those moments of happiness actually deepen the horror of this film. Absolutely. Because what it's showing you is that this is just how these kids have always lived. Yeah. They don't know that this world should be better for them, right? This is what they're raised in, right? So they're just living in their natural state in this world that's scary as shit to all of us to watch, right? We couldn't imagine living in the middle of a drug war, most of us, right? This is just where they are. So, of course, I mean, it's it's natural for them to just want to play soccer because it's not, you know, whereas for us, it would take up our whole heads. And to me, that's one of those subtly horrifying things. One of the things I noticed about this movie watching at this time is I think Issa Lopez. I mean, this movie should be taught in every screenwriting class. Yeah. The payoffs for everything she lays out in this film are master classes, right, of devastation. Every little thing she introduces has such an amazing payoff, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it is the the line of blood that's running around, the chalk with the three wishes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just all done to such brilliant effect. Even the phone. The phone was this weird MacGuffin, I thought, of why is he still holding this phone and this gun? But all of these visual devices, right? They all pay off in such amazing ways. Uh, Rosa, what about this script? did you think was was so solid oh man you you certainly hit a lot of great points but something that that stands out to me of course uh we were earlier discussing about the visual metaphor especially that 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 fish those fishes have certainly stayed with me particularly how how it was just shot and how it was all placed um in the middle you have the puddle of water with the fishes and then you have El Shin, El Shine in one side, Estrella at the other side of the puddle. And they both of them are literally like behind the empty tank that just broke. And, and just to see that layout like that, it's just so powerful. Um, but I mean, just to bring it back to the kids, I think the kids having to not only, and this is what I'm still trying to wrap my head around and not, not because I, I don't understand it, but in a sense that it, it's hard to believe that and unfortunately, this is, I've known, I've heard so many stories that I, I'm sure these characters are based on, on real people, um, that these kids, yes, they, they're, they try to find their own happiness, they try to be happy or find these moments of levity or joy, but at the same time, they're trying to survive, they're trying to outrun these bad people while grieving the loss of their parents. That is... I'm still, I, I still, I mean, I'm a 32 year old. Well, my, when I was 32, my mother passed away and that just completely broke me. I cannot imagine being a five, a 10 or a 12 year old having to process that while still trying to survive and then find a, a minute or two to smile or be happy or find purpose in life. And, and, and it's just those elements and it's just the, those, those, um, unsettling uh, realistic uh, things that just 
she did so well. Um, it, it's either in the script or how these kids acted it out or just everything put together that just so memorable. But yet it does leave you thinking a lot uh, about everything. I mean, either your own life or about these kids or or perhaps things that we often take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is definitely one of those. I, I love the transportative nature of this film because. I think it's one of the beautiful things that films do better than most arts is there are just parts of the world that, you know, will feel alien to us because that's not how we live our lives day to day. Yeah. And I think movies like this are so important to make us feel like we are living there and we can relate better to other humans from different parts of the world. Right. And when you watch this movie, you absolutely feel as if you are in this gang of kids. Right. The emotional weight of this story really sits on you. Um, the scene, one of the beautiful scenes I thought that blended all of this together was when uh, Estella comes home and her mom's not there. And we do this strange little bit of this running bloodline, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just moving around the apartment. And it's it's one of those really kind of beautiful moments because you stop and you're pondering what's happening. You know, you're getting tense and this and that. And when the blood settles on the mom's dress, right? Yes. It's just devastating because we know yeah. and she's trying not to know what's going on. Right. Um, and I think the movie plays with this often. Right. The idea of ghost in this film, I thought was really stunning. Right. Because in most movies that we watch, right, the ghosts are vengeful, evil spirits. Right. Something bad may have happened to them or they were bad people and they got what they deserved. And now they're back for more. Right. In this one, the movie starts off and you think that Estelia is being hunted, right? Or haunted by the ghost of her mother, right? And they show her in the plastic bag and it's very stunning, right? It reminded me a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street scene that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. With, uh, I think her name's Tina in the hallway, right? Where she gets mm -hmm. dragged out down the hall. But sorry, that <laughs> freaked me out again. Um, and it's such a powerful image of her reaching out. And then as you see as the movie goes on, Estelia becomes this kind of, repository for a lot of ghosts and this isn't as much a haunting right and that it the way that the ghosts are are used in this film not as a haunting but almost they're they're kind of a psychic warning and they feel it, it gets to the point where you don't know if she's actually seeing these ghosts or if this is something she's inventing right that opening scene again with the bloodline no one told her her mom had died, right? So that feels like something she had crafted in her mind if we're imagining that she is the narrator, the author of this story, right? So a lot of this is her manifesting what she thinks may be happening, or is it actually this ghost story? It really works on a lot of levels. Alex, what do you what do you make of the use of the ghost in this film? Yeah, I mean, to me, I actually read an article um an interview with Issa Lopez and she was, cause I, I was wondering the bloodline to me was about haunting in some way, like yeah. the, not, not necessarily even haunting, but just like for yourself, like death following you. Yes. And it's saw, a, it's a harbinger of bad. It feels yeah. like in the movie. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I mean, besides a harbinger, she it's just, and it, Issa Lopez actually said this in an article in, in the article I read, which is that when you see something like that, cause it starts when she sees the body on the street, when you see something like that, when death is that close to you, you don't forget it. Like, it's not a thing where you walk away from it. So the idea of this bloodline is essentially like the thought of death 
constantly following her around. Mm. Australia has never gone from that because that image was an image is burned in her in her brain. So like, and I, I think that's an incredible, that's an incredible sentiment. And then an incredible visual imagery to use besides like ghosts. Cause like we ghosts obviously play a part in this, but like there is such a, you see so many parts in this movie that like could have just fallen into what I would say is like kind of a standard premise, standard, standard, standard operating procedure for a genre movie of this, of this type. And instead of doing that, she does such a good job with these through metaphors throughout the movie that they last, like they're not repetitive or anything like that. They're actually, they're great punctuators to what I think are infinitely more horrible things that happen. But these moments where you know like when the ghosts are trying to grab her through the vent and that kind of thing mm. those moments aren't necessarily as horrifying as they might need to be but they're so much more impactful because like we were like griffey was to get back to what griffey was saying i agree like the harbingerness of it all is what is that much more impactful by doing stuff like that when the impact when it's punk when it punctuates stuff like moto being killed or uh you know, the precipitate uh, El Chino going after him, like those kinds of things are so much more impactful because they're not the jump scare. They're not the thing that's supposed to scare you. Everything else is supposed to scare you. This is almost like I was saying at the beginning of the pod, these things are almost relief. It's, yeah. it's an odd way to look at it, but it's almost relieving. And I would say like the way Estrella reacts to a lot of these feel that way and uh, feel that way. A lot of the time she's of course freaked out because you know, you don't, it's a, otherness that you don't know but there is something really impactful about these very other things mm -hmm. that australia reacts to it in a way that is not necessarily fright it's not running away all the time it's almost trying to understand and that comes that goes back to what we were talking about with these kids who are trying to survive like you can't you can't look at something and just assume it's going you you, you have to try to understand it yeah. in some way in some way it's really it's just incredible like she's just yeah. This is masterfully paced. Like it's and just, yes. like, it's incredible. Also, who better to see ghosts than a young person who can't believe that their mom is gone? Absolutely. Um, that just can't accept that these things were taken from them. It's the inability to let go because you don't yeah. want to. Rose, the mm -hmm. same question. What did you make of how the ghost and the bloodline and and some of these elements were were used throughout the movie? Right. Yeah. Well, I remember when I first watched it, I I wasn't <laughs> too sure. I was like is this all in her head what's going yeah, on same. um and i mean eventually well this is how i'm interpreting i don't know it's things that she is able to see because um are we allowed to spoil this oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, i think it's okay. been out long enough <laughs> okay I'll, if I'll... you're this deep let's see we're roughly half an hour into the pod if you've <laughs> if you've not watched this movie yet i, I don't know what to tell you guys <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, I mean, eventually, kind of similar because you you do have that 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 kind of uh, doubt when when it comes to Pion's Labyrinth. Is this girl imagining all of these things, or is it actually happening? But I mean, for me in this case, it is happening. It is something that she can see. Something that uh, it's happen. It's going on not only in her head, but it's actually happening because she goes to the location where. Um, Oh my God, that little kid, I'm going to cry. Um, where, where, where Moro literally tells her where he's being buried. Um, and I was like, okay, then this is definitely happening. This yeah. is actually going on. This is actually real. And that, the moment I realized that I was like, wow, this is just, oh, it, it's just so, 
it's so impactful, but yet at the same time, so painful. Um, and I guess it, it, it hits, it might hit us differently because we're parents. So in, in, in that sense, it's really some, it's so unbelievable, but at the same time, it's just so heartbreaking to watch. And just to see how, like, at first, again, I wasn't entirely sure um, why she was being haunted by her mother. I'm like, what's going on? I know she's asking for her. I know she wants to know what's going on. But later do I realize that was her her first wish for, for her mother to come back. Yeah. Like, and there it is. And I was like, oh, is. my God. Yeah. Um, that when I realized that I was like, wow. And and yes, I think these these ghosts and, and all these fantasy elements make it a bit more digestible uh, to for, for the movie to be more digestible. But at the same time, to me, it's more heartbreaking and just yeah just more impactful and it is just i mean if i had a wish i probably would have wished for the same thing but mm. yeah and that's that's one of those brutal moments right is and i i did wonder the same as you how much of this is in her mind and how much is real right, right. because at the end of the movie you see she's actually following the bloodline to get into the vents and escape right so now it's yeah. not a harbinger it's it's manifesting some strength to escape and power and the scene that was just crushing in this regard is when she falls into the oh my god the drop off for where the dead bodies oh, go Jesus yeah Christ. and she yeah. finds her own mother and this is one of those where she's again narrating in a fantasy way what's really happening and the dragon bracelet right we've seen the dragon fly from the phone when bad yes. videos or whatever but her mom's dragon bracelet because we that's how we know that she was the one who was killed by chino in the video uh, it floats onto her wrist, right? As if yeah. now the power of her mom is hers, right? And that last bit especially is really a powerful visual metaphor. And man, it is, it, you do get choked up thinking about it. But the yeah. fact that it's Moro's tiger that's helping her, right? And oh. Shine's lighter yeah. that gives her light, right? And uh, her mom who gives her the bracelet, you know, the power to go on and move. Um, that now these ghosts aren't haunting her, but they are filling her with, spiritual power to defeat this this evil man uh i just thought was was brilliant yeah because it's not a traditional haunting right that while these do haunt us eventually these these scary haunting memories turn into something that hopefully gives us that you know desire to keep living a, a more and fuller life perhaps um all right we, we kind of danced around it but we got to talk about it uh, no, <laughs> th this movie is so unrelentingly brutal to these children characters. Oh, um, God. and I, I know why they have to do it, but I don't know that I'll ever forgive having to watch Moro get shot. Um, because he it's after she had just sewn his tiger and it's this very motherly moment, right? It's very sweet. And yeah. he's trying to save her. Right. And he shoots a bad guy and the bad guy turns and shoots him. And they run, and there's just this scene of these these kids sitting over his body. And later they're talking about how he was cold and how he's stiff, and they're covering him up, and they don't know what to do with this body of their little friend, right? And it's just, it's... God, dude. It's one of those <laughs> mo moments in a movie you're like, that will be with me till the day I die. I'll always think about that scene. Um, and it's very devastating, but it's very powerful, too, because there's just something about death right like we're all at a genetic level we're repulsed by death right we're supposed to get away you know unhealthy sickness whatever watching these kids these lively young versions of us sit by this 
dead child and have to cope with that is uh it's one of the more brutal scenes i've ever seen in any movie no i'm crying oh my god i know right it's one of the it's it's hard to even talk about it's just it's just this and he's such a he's like the cute little soul of the game shot over it's the and this is again like these child actors are just incredible his eyes are open yeah i i couldn't take it i again i texted i texted griffey this morning watching this and i'm like i just had to pause this movie for 20 minutes to like un like undo what has been done at least to like get through the movie because it was just like that particularly was was uh man that is i just again like it's like you just hug your kid I don't know what else to do. Like, it's just, I, I don't it, know how to process it. Yeah. It's one of those moments where, especially if you have a kid, like I have a kid who's right at that age. Yeah. And I was like, imagine my son trying to like be in this situation where he's got to fight for his life and defend. And there, there's a helplessness as an audience member. Right. Yeah. But I think even more than that moment with the scene, right. When I love that beat, cause this is when her, her ruse falls apart that she didn't kill him and all this stuff. Right. It's just the really rough part of the movie. Um, and just seeing Estrella sitting on the swing with the circle of chalk around her, right? To keep everything out. And Moro's ghost is sitting on the swing with her. Oh, God. Yeah. And when his little tiger moves, right? And kind of holds his hand. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's. I But again, I think this is what is important about this movie, right? We've had a lot of attachment to these kids and this is the scene that really hammers home the emotional cost of turning a blind eye to these these events when they happen especially they happen internationally and we just you know as a world just go not our problem this is a scene that reminds us this is a human problem well then it gets reinforced later when the other two steal the phone and take it to the cops and just like and like this is something that like i think anybody I hate to put it this way, but anybody who's watched the news, this is probably something that people are familiar with where cops will see that kind of thing and just say, I don't want to deal with it and drive off. Like, well, it's I mean, one of those, in this like, movie, especially it's one of those, it's reinforcing the fact that there is literally no safety no net one. for these kids. Rosa, no this is a really tough part of the movie. Um, but why do you think it needs to be in the movie? Um, Sorry, y'all. I'm over here no, crying. Don't be. Don't um, <laughs> it's what this is, man. It's is what happens for picking this movie. It's my fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I put this on myself. Darn it. <laughs> um, I think it's just that uh, there's no there. There's they're just helpless literally uh you can't go to the police even though you've been raised your entire life that uh, either the government or the police is going to be there for you uh, sadly in during this era in this area and location they're all corrupt um they either want nothing to do with the drug cartels or they do what everybody else around the world does and just turn the blind eye and don't want to deal with it uh and and that's what's very heartbreaking and the, the the sequences in the scene with 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 um with El Morro were definitely I uh, I also had to pause it and and try to keep it together and trying to like just oh and then he paints that mural on the wall too. oh my oh, oh yeah that God. um that fucking killed those me. murals I, those drawings those murals man. are it's I loved that 
the I love the animation of the tiger when he's telling that story. Yes. Like, yeah, those murals are amazing. But that last one was just I was like, yeah, oh my God. And I guess like Isa Lopez wanted like to completely destroy us, and then at the <laughs> end you just yeah. have a shine literally get murdered. Um, now, and you see it coming. Fucking, oh. fucking, fucking, fucking killed you me. Yeah. I was like, you already got us. You already fucking made us suffer so much. And when he says, I switched the phones. Yeah. Because yeah. you're just, why? Why? Like, they, the weird part is he shot his companions, right? And he's like, we made a deal, leave. And there's this brief moment where you're like, well, that's fucked up, but they're going to get out. But this this actually came with my favorite moment of the movie. See, now I'm going to fucking start crying. Um, Because one of the things that struck me about the movie, I want to talk about the wishes real quick. Yeah. I love the use of the wishes in this, right? Because most movies, you get your wishes, right? What does everyone want to wish for? Romance, a million dollars. Money. Yeah. Money, fame, car, whatever, right? The wishes in this movie are so intimate and small. Right. Like, I just want my mom back. Right. I don't want to have to kill this man. That one was great. When she uses her third wishes, because Sheena twice talks about it when he's like, well, if I had had wishes, I would have killed that man. But I don't have shit. And that's such a brutal line, because you're like, if you had wishes, you should wish that you didn't have to be in that situation, man. And he asked for his face to be healed. Right. Yeah. Um, And you see the way he puts himself in those murals with his face scarred up because his mom Mm -hmm. was burned alive. Right. And she's scared, and she says, no, because every time I do this, bad things happen. And in that moment when she's like, I got to go back and confront this man who killed my mom, and with the chalk, she draws an X on his his scars, right? And it's just the sweetest fucking moment of the movie, and it, it, it just makes you so full of love for these two um, because that's the best that we have to offer as humans, right? It's just a genuine act of reaching out to yeah. make someone happier or better, you know, give them love. And for in that moment for Shine to get it um was just so ruthless. I I I didn't love that moment if I'm being honest, right? Not that I love any of the moments of these kids, but there was a small part of me, man. It's like can one wish just go well? Can we just get one <laughs> moment where something <laughs> goes well? Uh Rosa, what what did you make of this moment with Shine and the wishes in general? For for a moment, I had hope. And I was like, okay, it's right. going to go away. <laughs> oh, and shit. then you see that damn bloodline. Yep. And it goes to his shoe and I'm like, fuck, he's done. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, sadly, the scar did go away. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I understand in a sense why... It was done because sadly that's the reality of the drug wars that's the reality of these cartels um it's painful um and i think that's what maybe i don't know i i haven't actually read any interviews or watched any of her interviews or anything but i think her purpose in this case is to leave you with that impact to leave you thinking yes a lot of these kids not only are, are they orphans because of these wars some of them get murdered um yeah. and this is what happens this is reality and it's just yeah. it's so painful uh, heartbreaking yeah. and painful and 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 when she sees the ghost 
that and and they shake the hands and she gives them the lighter and i'm like fucking hell oh. well she just um, says goodbye kiddo yeah as if like now she has to put away childish things right and it's mm -hmm. such a because this movie and I, I i understand why Issa lopez would want to do this right because she even mentions the disney princesses earlier it's not her job and her goal to make us feel like a small child's wish is going to make everything better, right? In fact, it's the exact purpose of this movie to remind us it won't, right? We see these two kids get killed, and we're hoping for the best. We see um, when the gangster's killed that he's just keeping children in dog crates, right? And then when they take, when they take yes. those kids in cages back to their brother— there's this brief moment of joy, and then the guy's like, no, get them out of here. They're cacaos now, right? Like, just even getting them back, you can't have them back because now they've been marked by this horrible thing. Yeah. But there is a – and I think that's one of the brave choices that Issa Lopez makes is I think there had to have been a pull somewhere in this storytelling team to be like, can we give them one? Can she just draw the X on, and we know that he won't be healed, but he could at least maybe run away? And not get shot. And it's it's a fucking powerful decision to, to do that. Alex, what do you make of that? I think it's one of those things where Astrea deserves angels beyond her mother. And that's mm. sort of how I interpret Moto and Shine is just these are her new these are the angels that are looking over her shoulder always. Like that's why Shine sets fire to the room. That's why the tiger shows. That's why the tiger shows. Um, shows her the way out. Like it's. It's all you can. I mean, and it's all you can do. Like it's the best. It's the best way to remember these people who impacted, who saved you, essentially. Like it's the only way, and I think that's what the legacy of. That's the legacy of these children's, you know. Lives is just they. They are saviors. They're angels. They're they're. They're people too, but they, they saved their friend. They did the noble thing. It's they're they're, they're tigers. They're princes. It's uh, I don't it's know. It's hard, man. man. It was... It's hard to suffer that not the kids don't get that happy ending, man. You know. Yeah. But again, I think if this was an American-made movie, they would. And I think there's yes. something extra important this... about the fact that they don't. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that if this was, we expect happy endings. In a lot of ways, yeah. in a lot of and life, sadly, the... doesn't have enough of those for us often. No, and I think that while this movie has a semblance of a happy ending, like there's, it's not happy is the wrong word. What I'd say is that it has a peaceful ending. Mm -hmm. For a movie that's filled with chaos and terror, there is this modicum of peace that comes with the ending. Not just because you're at the end of a movie where two kids got killed and you don't have to watch that anymore, but more just like the peace of knowing that Estrella will move on and she'll always carry these things with her, but not necessarily, it won't necessarily follow her the way the bloodline is. It will just become part of her in general and she'll always remember it. It's... Uh, Rosa, what do you make yeah. of this last shot? The walking out into the, the long mm -hmm. never ending field. It, it had a small portion of me that made me wonder. Mm -hmm if Stella ever got out of that room. Um, what did you make of that 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 bit in the field at the end? Ooh, if she got out of that room? I wondered for a second if oh, she was still in that room and lit the fire 
once the man had come in or this and that, that she had, mm-hmm. you know, closed the door and sat in front of it and lit the fire. Interesting. Um, Interesting. That's what I wondered, because the field is obviously metaphysical, right? It's a surreal right. ending. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, that's what that's what I guess I would want your opinion on. Is this a, a small slice of heaven? Is this a, uh, you know, peace of mind? Little, what, what did you make of this final bit? Maybe a little, a little sign of hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a small, tiny one, because, I mean, to me, and... Uh, this is how I interpret it. It's uh, it's shiny. It's shiny is of course he he gets murdered. You see his ghost. He gets the lighter. He goes in there and he lights everything up. He burns everything. And I think there he's no oh longer scared. He's no longer scared. And yeah. to me, that tiger is him, because um, tigers are not afraid. And he goes in there to that fire and. Um, I don't know. Maybe I was thinking too much into it. And, you know, because you do see the orange blaze and he was always wearing these stripes in his shirts and yeah. he was wearing his skateboards always had this tiger. So to me, at the end, that was him. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but I think this is just I don't know. I, I want to think hope uh, a little bit of yeah. hope that perhaps out of all these kids um if one of them makes it out or maybe one of them did make it out um i can't even talk right now um sorry no it's i mean that's that's the thing about this movie as while it is beautiful and in a weird way it can be very fun and entertaining there's a lot of real consequence to that there is something too about the ghost of Shine, because one of the saddest things in the movie is how distraught he is that he's not the one who got to kill the gangster because yeah. he's trying to build himself into this, you know, monstrous person like they are, right? Uh, out of necessity, this this caricature of strength, right? Right. And for him to be the one who goes in at the end and destroys Chino, I thought that was beautiful. But that last shot, actually, I think whether it's, you know, real or not, or she makes it or doesn't, I thought it was kind of a beautiful way to end it because um, this is when they redo the fairy tale, which I thought was so beautiful, which is they talk about they went through all the bad stuff and came out the other side, right? That they're still kings in the kingdom of broken things and that they're warriors and princesses and tigers, right? They're all of these things and that tigers aren't afraid, which is kind of a, a misleading title for this film, right? Because... I think all of these kids are tigers and I think they're all fucking terrified the whole movie. And I think again, that, that lie even in the title is a very important reinforcing of the story that we've been on. Yeah. It's, it's something they have to tell themselves to survive. Yeah. Cause there, there's a few scenes where Estrella's like, tigers are not afraid. Tigers are not afraid. Oh, that part when she's in the house and the dead people are just... Yes. Oh, my yes. God. See, this is one of those... I'm like, how is this movie not horrifying to people, man? <laughs> God damn. It is horrifying. And, yeah. oh, my God. I am not regretting having selected this film no, to talk it, to you guys no, about. I wouldn't either. No, I, it's not... I mean, it's yeah. it's such an incredible movie. I'm so glad. <laughs> incredible I'm, film. It's an incredible yeah. film. I'm glad we watched it because, quite frankly, like this is the kind of this is the whole point of doing this kind of month. You know, like we yeah. do this and we watch these kinds of movies because 
people are missing a really important flavor, which is that the real world is so much more horrifying than anything else we can come up with. And like concocting a story of, you know, ghosts in a mansion or something like that is, can be scary. I mean, I'm not going to take the piss out of any of those movies, but at the same time, like this does such an amazing job of incorporating the real world and genre elements that, it not being impactful to anybody who comes across it is just mind blowing to me. It's an incredible film, and I hope that Issa, I hope that Issa Lopez makes movies for all the movies. I hope she gets all the budget and all the green <laughs> yeah, lights. I want her to have all cuts. the budgets yes. to make all oh the movies. Oh my god, forever. what a fucking it's rock incredible. star! But see, this yeah. is the thing, right? And I think a lot of people, I I love movies that do this to me. A movie that really devastates yeah. me and makes me feel this much. I'm like, that's what. That's all a of this that's is a about, flick, man. right? This is what, this, what is this is about, is. right? You got to feel the highs and low. And I, I think that's really important. And I think there's a flavor that's important. I think there's a subject matter and a point of view that's very important. Yeah. And I think that's why this will be a horror classic for a long time to come. Agreed. Is because within the elements of, you know, tigers and walking teddy bears and ghosts um, is one of the most impactful human tales that I've seen in a horror movie in a long time and horror movies that don't have that, right? Like when you get to like Friday the 13th part eight and you're just slaughtering random teens times 15, right? That cannot matter to you as much as something like this. They absolutely have this beautifully shot world and characters and fully drawn portraits of these young kids um, that the, the stakes are just so fucking high. And that's without even expanding the worldview out and thinking about the war on drugs and how many right. real children, you know, had to be tigers, unfortunately. And yeah. and I think that's what I, I just I, I honestly can't sing the praises of this film enough. I think it's just an absolute just I know it's a phrase that people use a lot unnecessarily, but it's a tour de force. I mean, you feel mm-hmm. like you are being crushed beneath this movie. But in the best way, like you paid to be crushed. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I don't know. I'm a ball of emotions right now. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense to you, Rosa, but that's how I feel. (laughs) No, it makes complete sense. And I think I've come to learn uh, little by little as I watch more films, particularly in the horror genre, which I'm I'm slowly but surely coming around because I'm very I'm tend to be a coward with, with with horror. But I think I'm, I'm <laughs> I think I I am very much uh, appreciating these movies. And it just happened last year too with, with La Llorona from um Jairo Bustamante from twenty yeah, from last year. Mm-hmm. I I I come to appreciate the horror films that don't necessarily have your conventional villains. They they just remind us that the true villains, the two people that are doing the horrors, are not necessarily your monsters or your ghosts or your your conventional monsters. And in fact, it's the real people. It's the people in power. I mean, I don't want to generalize, but people seeking power, people um, that are power hungry and, and 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 they're the true villains in this case and that which is a topic and theme that Guillermo del Toro tends to work around with a lot um, with his movies you have the real humans that are your true villains and not necessarily your monsters so when it comes to those films uh, particularly this one I take away that yeah it's very much a realistic movie uh, touching the subject that 
those stats, the stats that were mentioned in, in, in the opening sequence of, of the movie, it's just horrifying just to read that, to not even have a number of how many children have been orphaned or been murdered because of these wars. It's just mind boggling to me. And frankly, it's movies like this that are truly horrific to me, um, that do leave that impact, that do leave me thinking about my life about my own kids about what's going on around the world and the these films in my opinion are the ones that show the true horrors that are going on right now yeah well any horror movie that forsakes the step of actually creating a human cost to the horror is in my opinion failing in a big way and that's that is what this movie absolutely uh nails all right that's it for Tigers Are Not Afraid. Uh, Rosa, I know it was an intense journey, but we we thank you so much for picking it. This was I'm an so, awesome yeah. movie. I'm so glad we watched this. This is incredible. And you achieved your mission. <laughs> we two for two. <laughs> you got us again. <laughs> yes. Uh, Next, we're going to watch Schindler's List, probably. Oh and then after God. that, Sophie's <laughs> Choice. I cried at like Harry and the Hendersons. So there's so many movies that don't work for me crying at. Um, yeah, Rosa, again, thank you so much for all your time. You were amazing as always. Um, would you like to tell everyone one more time where they can find you and what you're working on? <laughs> yes, of course. Again, guys, thank you so much for inviting me back. Um, I, I'm glad I made you guys cry. Uh, I'm glad I made myself cry. No, it's just, <laughs> just because it, it just reminds me, you know, that movies have that impact and that's mm -hmm. the power of storytelling. Anywho, yes, you can find me on every social media platform at Rose's Reviews. And yes, just make sure to check out Latinx Lens, which is on every uh, podcasting platform and social media at Latinx Lens. Thank Do you it. so much for having me. <laughs> You're Do one of now. our absolute favorite people. Thank you for making the time. Guys, go check out Rose's stuff. And remember, guys, because we lost our minds, this is the October Mega Marathon. Every day, a new episode. 31 days, 31 podcasts. Uh, bless our souls. Thank you, Rosa, for helping us get one step closer to the goal line. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. So much fun. See you tomorrow, guys. Bye. Bye.